Hey guys, Mina here. Just jumping in here to let you guys know we have something so exciting. It's a free masterclass and we created it just for you right now. We keep getting questions. How do I pivot and sell right now? The number one question we get is how can I make more sales? And so we want to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. So if you want this totally free masterclass that we've created for product-based businesses, head over to pivotandsell.com. We'll see you in there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my brilliant co-host, Mina kunlo Zita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we are excited to bring you this very special podcast. Today we're going to talk about three growth strategies that have worked for our students. Yes, we are going to share with you these growth strategies that we have seen work time and time again that you can implement into your business as well starting today. Yeah. And the key word here is growth. So we're talking about people who started their businesses and they're looking to grow it even more by doing these things. Absolutely. Okay. So growth strategy number one, Mina. Numero uno is narrow your focus. So this feels a little bit counterintuitive because you feel like when you're growing, you should be expanding, but really it's really about honing in on what is working, right? So narrowing your focus to lean into what's working. And when we say what's working, we mean bestsellers. You hear us talk about it. I mean, I think we've hit everybody over the head with that, <laughs> leaning into your bestsellers. But when we're talking about that, we mean products and we mean platforms. So what's working and what's working where? Right. So when we say, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall, I know a lot of times what we see that doesn't work time and time again is when somebody's like, well, this isn't working. I made this, I tried it and I'm going to make something else. I'm going to make this and I make that. I'm going to diversify, right? I make jewelry, but I'm going to add bags. I make bags, but I'm going to add sunglasses. Um, And they start to add all of these things without trying a product or leaning in even so far into a best-selling, you know, style, for example. So let's say you make jewelry and there's one particular earring that does really well out of all of the earrings. Then you lean into that earring and maybe you make variations of that earring. I think it goes the same thing with platforms, right? A lot of times people are like, I'm trying, you know, I got on Amazon, I'm trying it. Mm, It's not working as fast as I want it to work. I'm going to jump over here and try this right now. Well, you're not, you're not leaning in. You're not giving any of these things time or the effort that they require to get them churning, to get them making you revenue, to get them selling, to then, you know, perform for you the way you want them to. 
Yeah. You need to give it a chance, but also if it blows out of the, like you blow it out of the water, let's say that jewelry is like the sale ends up doing really, really well. Sometimes people stop there because they're like, Ooh, that sale was so great. I'm going to track it. Well, really what you should be doing is, Hey guys, sale extended. And then leaning into, Hey, that I blew it out of the water. Why don't I extend the sale? Because I know this is going to work. Right. Right. And so you'll see the extended sale, or it might be like, you know, with jewelry, since it's usually collection based, it could be, oh, this did really well. And then, um, like Jacqueline said, if there's a signature piece that does time and time again, a specific style, then you say, here's, um, since you bought this, you can have this, right? So we're, we're really thinking about strategies that help you lean into your best sellers, but also thinking about, you know, leaning into your the way that you did it. In that case, it was like you sent out an email for a sale. Well, that did really well. Okay. I'm going to email these people with the style that I know is going to do really well. And then you keep layering on top of that. And it, it sounds like you're expanding, but really you're narrowing your, the, your focus to be on a particular style and a particular item rather than throwing spaghetti at the wall with kind of, uh, you know, a Hail Mary of, I hope this works this time really well. So let's talk about a couple of our students that have, you know, narrowed their focus. So I want to shout out to Janelle of Wreath and Robe. So she was somebody who, when she started working with us as a student, she had a lot of printed tees, mm-hmm. right? A lot. Right. And she was trying to move them and she had a lot that she was talking about and she knew that there were certain ones that did really well and then other ones that she really had to push or discount to get going. Um, And as she started sort of working through it and listening to what her customers wanted and saying like, this is working or this isn't working, she narrowed her focus and she creates these beautiful, beautiful um, sweatshirts and shirts that she's been making. I don't, are they tie dye? I don't know what. Like no, the they're embroidered. Embroidered, um, but she also dyes them. Yeah, she makes them She's really listening. special. There's different collections. Yeah, so there's the t-shirts, and then there's the sweatshirts, like what you're talking about. Um, but she really thought about her customer, the amount of income they have, what they're willing to pay for, and what they find special, right? And then she does these beautiful hand-done, hand-embroidered, you know. Word. She's not going away from words or text, which is what she was printing before, but she saw, she narrowed her focus and she's doing really well. Like all we see on social is just how often she's shipping and selling and getting things moved. Right. So she narrowed her focus. So it wasn't about going wider. It wasn't about making all the things. It was about getting really focused. Who's another student that has narrowed their focus that we've seen really just excel. I feel like I have so many students on the mind. Um, Blythe Bobbles, have we talked about her on here? Okay. She she has jewelry. This and, is Maureen of yeah, Blythe Bobbles. Maureen of Blythe Bobbles. And she's she knows that her bestsellers are uh, different types of earrings that people really love. So she's really pushed her earrings a lot more and shown herself on video. What I really like about her is that she takes something that works. So video, for example... And she was doing, she started on video, started doing videos on her bestsellers, the earrings. And then she thought, oh, these aren't so terrible. These videos aren't so terrible because she was such a big introvert, right? So then she moved on to the next product, which was, you know, sunglasses. In that case, she's narrowing her focus on a skill set and starting with her bestseller, right? Video and 
earrings. She started there. She could just actually stay there, really. But she thought, okay, I'm going to kind of narrow in, but kind of move along my products to see if I can push any of these other things to be bestsellers, for example. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are going to hear her on the podcast, but Sarah of Heartland Lettering, I mean, she's just star student. We've worked with her. She's in all of our courses. She's been our mastermind. She's just incredible. And she narrowed her focus in two ways. She started on Etsy and she had all these custom products that she did. And when she really scaled her business and leveled up was when she took some of her best-selling products that she could scale and put them on Amazon. And then, so she focused on Amazon for this one product, one platform, leaned in and and grew that, right? And so she, you know, she was like, when we first started working with her, she just wanted to be a six-figure business. Now she's like a multi-six-figure business in the course of a year. Um, And that was from you guys, one platform, one product. It doesn't work for everybody, but that just shows you that if you are leaning into something so specifically and you know, you know what you're, you're narrowing your focus, you know what you have to build. You're not feeling pulled in all the different places. Yeah. And when those start to work, when you guys start to see your revenue grow, when you start to see this platform's working, this bestseller is working, or this product is working, everything's working, that's when you get to try other platforms or create variations or add a new product. But when you, it's kind of like, it, if you're too distracted, if there's too many things happening, nothing's going to get enough attention nothing's going to have the focus it needs. So it's not saying like with Maureen of Blythe Bubbles, it's not saying that she can't do all the other accessories that she does, but she leans into her earrings because she knows she can sell earrings all day, every day. They're adorable. They're easy for her to sell. And that's what's really going to level up her her business and it has leveled up her business. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. So the second growth strategy that we want to share with you all is that you need to build a customer base of raving fans. Yes. And it does not need to be a large customer base. It just needs to be raving, right? So I think there's this fallacy or myth that we think about that more followers equals more revenue. And it really is not the case that, um, it's really the more raving, the better, the more money they'll spend with you, right? Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with the size of your audience. It has to do with how much you love up on them and they love up on you. And that really is the reason for building a customer base of raving fans. So if you have 100 people, make it 10 of them that love your product, that will rebuy. And so how do you tell what a raving fan is? Well, a raving fan is really ultimately when it comes to a product-based business, a customer that buys more than once from you, a customer that talks about you on social, shares it with their family, is really super pleased with the product and the business and the customer service, and they're willing to leave positive reviews talk about it, share with people their experience. And so the idea here is, is that because, because ultimately it's really hard for you guys to make that first sale, to acquire new customers and to make a first sale is probably the hardest thing you will do as a product-based business. The easier of those would be to make a, to get a reorder to sell again to a customer, to have them come back and buy again. We would say the same thing in wholesale, right? You acquire a new wholesale customer, 
But what you really want, what really is going to show you the health of your business is if they reorder from you, not just a one-time purchase. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it is easier. Like what Jacqueline said, I think we read that like Adobe report that was like nine times easier to get a rebuy than it is to get an initial buy. And when we're thinking about what a raving fan is, it's about really your goal is to create that natural enthusiasm in somebody else for your product. So think about that natural enthusiasm. So what are you naturally enthusiastic about? Right? I'm guessing oatly milk. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you actually, I will actually tell you who I'm really impressed with, especially during COVID. Wayfair. Wayfair Wayfair.com. So shout out to Wayfair. And this is why. And so when we talk about Raven fans, okay, so Wayfair is out of convenience, right? I was looking for patio furniture. We were, you know, quarantined and we we were redoing our backyard and we wanted all this new furniture. So I, I ordered a bunch of things on Wayfair. They do discounts a lot. It's easy to kind of buy things on sale from Wayfair and get them delivered. Okay, great. Well, the kicker is, is that basically every product I got from them was damaged or broken in some way. <laughs> That's how much I love them. Mina's cracking up, guys. <laughs> okay. But the thing about Wayfair, it's drop shipped, right? So mm-hmm. it's the people, it's the businesses that they're working with that are the ones sending me bunk product. And we're in the middle of COVID-19 where I'm like, how am I gonna how am I gonna get this back to them? Or what am I gonna do? Right. I felt I was like I've invested all this money into furniture. I get it. There's issues. Now what? Well, multiple times I've had to call Wayfair and talk to customer service. And do you guys know how helpful they are? It's unbelievable how helpful they are. They're like, no worries. One of them is like, oh, well, we'll give you a discount. They had me send a picture. Well, we'll give you a discount on that. And she said to me, if anything happens over the next course of the year, if you can't fix it, if you just can't handle it, let us know. This one product is completely sold out. So she's like, I can't replace it, but we can give you the credit and you can go back and buy another thing. Then a zipper breaks on a pillow on a totally different couch. They send it to like, we will get you a a pillow cover replacement to you. And they had it to me in a week. And by the way, couldn't fix the couch. So they said, no worries. All you have to do is dispose of it and we'll just completely refund you. I was like, I don't have to send it back to you. That's amazing. Cut to overstock. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we talk about overstock. <laughs> you guys, I've, I've ordered so much patio furniture. So then I got a table because a tree fell through my deck. And so I had to get a new patio table. Bought this one patio table also during COVID. Got it. It was wobbly just like wobble like those tables that you hate at a restaurant and driving me nuts. And it was past the 30 days and I called them like, well, you're past the 30 days. We don't do returns. We don't do refunds. Nothing. Sorry. Okay. I was like, well, it's COVID and things have been really weird. Can you please help me? They're like, well, we'll make a one-time exception. You have to ship back the table to us and then we'll send you a replacement. I was like, well, I don't have a box. Can I at least wait until the other one comes so I can do it? So me, it brought on all this anxiety for me, right? And I was like, when I had the two of Overstock versus Wayfair, who do you think wins? Obviously, I don't remember their names, but that's just the <laughs> that's the idea of raving fans. And that's I'm going on my podcast and telling you guys, like, holy moly, Wayfair, like just exceptional customer service. So even though the product was not ideal, I am still a raving fan and will continue to buy from them. Yeah. I think the gauge on whether somebody is a raving fan or not is that if other people say, do you work for them? 
<laughs> That's what my sisters always say about um, me and TJ Maxx. They're always like, yeah, Mina gets a commission. They do it in the, like a joking way because I love TJ Maxx. I love the experience of it. I haven't been there in months. I actually miss it. Drive by, look at it. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> you go to the windows. <laughs> no, I don't want to get on my car, but I'm like, oh, I wish I could go in and just peruse. And then, for example, I know for sure my mother in law, she's a raving fan of US Cellular. There is nobody in this world that is going to take her away from US Cellular, you know, and it is so super frustrating at times because we're in Iowa. There's only so many cell towers. And I was like, mom, you should get on Verizon. Just, you know, get on this family plan with us. Nope. She's not leaving US Cellular. So that's what I mean. You would think that she has some sort of stock in the US Cellular. That's how much of a raving fan she is. So you want to build that customer base because she also is trying to get a whole bunch of people in US Cellular. She's gotten people. And so... They do it by, you know, over delivering with her. They actually gave her a discount for COVID-19 because they saw she was such a loyal customer. Um, Also, showing up where your customers are is a really big one. She seems to think that there's U.S. cellular um, storefronts everywhere. You know, and I've never heard of it. (laughs) You haven't? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's really big around here. And so there is, there's probably one in every few towns, I guess. But um, she just thinks, oh yeah, you know, they're so handy. I can just walk right in and they can help me. And so there's different ways of showing up in that way. It's in person. You can also just engage, right? So she likes it too because she can just dial. I forget what number she dials and she goes straight to US Cellular. I hate to break it to her, but every cell phone company does that. Like it's actually, I think it's 611 on Verizon and, you know, any, like you can automatically push a button and your phone will connect you with your service provider. So it's really about letting your specific customers know how they can engage with you and then also showing up to engage with them. Right. So which ones of our students do you think have really figured out how to build a customer base of raving fans? I would say a really good example of that is Anne of Yearly Co. Because all of her fans are raving. She's really taught them that she has, she's known, for example, for her one product, which is Anniversary Bangles. She has other products, but she's known for that. And they repost those bangles like crazy. They're just naturally enthusiastic. They tell their friends, they tell their families, they they buy it for themselves, they buy it for each other, they buy, they buy it, for- it year over year over <laughs> year. Yes, they are raving fans. So I would say that is a really good example of a one product raving fan, um, mostly one product. You know, we're seeing the, uh, the same raving fans post over and over about the, the specific product. I'd also say like Corrine of Wooly Thistle, she sells wool and she shows up for her customers. She has an amazing newsletter that she teaches them things or she shares things. She she shows up and, and creates community around it. Um, she's just super, super helpful in the way that she does her product and people feel really attached to her. So what I do want to say to you guys as you're thinking about building this customer base of raving fans, I think one of the things that we didn't really touch on but we talk about is people buy from people. So I know a lot of you are like, I don't, I want the brand to stand on its own. I want to be behind the brand. I don't want them to see my face. But in the times that we're in, in the idea of small business, people want to support other small businesses and they do want to support the business owner. If they feel 
akin to you, if they feel like you've got them, if they love following you, they too are going to continue to buy from you versus, for example, yarn. I'm not a knitter. So she's probably, if she's listening, going to like cough, cough out her coffee. Um, I could buy yarn from Michael's or Hobby Lobby, or I can buy yarn from this, you know, the woolly thistle, for example. Well, for a like someone like me that's not a professional knitter, maybe I see it, maybe I don't. But if I'm really into her and her brand and her business, and I'm just like, I love everything she does and how helpful they are when I have questions, then I'm more likely going to buy from the woolly thistle than I am going to buy from anywhere else. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what creates that raving fan because they're like, you've got me, you make me feel good as a customer. Just that, like I said about Wayfair is going to bring them back. Even if the product, something happens, they're more forgiving to it because they know you've got them. Yeah, for sure. And people do say that they feel like Kareen of Willie Thistle is their best friend, right? She shows up for them on YouTube because that some of them go over there and watch her YouTube videos. She shows up on them for the podcast. She's found that that's done really well. She has a podcast as well. Uh-huh. And, and then through email. So it's not just Instagram. You know, she's really connecting with these raving fans, lots of different places that work specifically for her. Now, take into account that I didn't say Pinterest. I didn't say um, Etsy. I didn't say every, she's not everywhere to everyone. She's specific places that work really well for her raving fans. And she over delivers to them in those places. Yeah. Okay. So the third growth strategy that's worked for our students would be that they acknowledge that they cannot do this alone. Mm-hmm. They say you can't raise a, fa- a kid by yourself. It takes a village. Well, it takes more than just you to grow a successful business. Right. And to enjoy it along the way. Oh, I like that you added enjoy. <laughs> it's true though, because you you probably could get to a certain point by yourself, but it probably would be less enjoyable because the more years that you st- be an entrepreneur, you realize that you have to fall in love with the process. You literally have to fall in love with the process of getting to your idea of success. Otherwise, when you reach it, you will be like, what next? I feel so unfulfilled. So really, when you're working with other people, they are able to make it a good time, celebrate with you, cry with you, um, understand what you're going through. They just get it. And it just, that's what falling in love with the process looks like is not by yourself. Right. So initially, um, when you're not doing this by yourself, let's say, let's just talk about for hiring purposes. So initially in, in small businesses, startup businesses, probably your first hires are usually your family or your friends, right? Mm -hmm. You're asking your kids to help you pack boxes. You're asking somebody to help you drive it to a, you know, to ship that kind of thing. Right. So you're usually starting, you're scrappy in the beginning and you ask for help and you get scrappy and you ask your friends and family. But then, you know, the students that we've seen really grow and scale when, whether it was their first hire, their fifth hire, their 25th hire, what they've done then is that they've, they've hired for what they could afford in their business to help them grow. So there's only so far, like if you guys all of a sudden get like Sarah from Heartland Lettering is a perfect example. How many orders did she get in one day? That was like, she had like 500 orders in one day from an influencer posting her product. I don't think it was that. Was it 500 orders? She had a back order of 500. 500. I don't know if they came in (laughs) one day, but her, she was back ordered that she had to catch up with it. And so if it's just her, 
you know, like how far can you grow your business at that point when you have 500 back orders? I know some of our students in the top, I remember when during Christmas last year, they're like, oh, we'll get back to you. I have 2000 orders I need to get out, right? This is amazing, but hard to do by yourself. There's only so much time in the day you have to feed yourself and sleep. So you hire what you can afford as you grow, as you grow into things, you bring on somebody that will help you grow or level up if you need extra hands, right? Mm-hmm. Or you also decide that you're going to level up by learning something new, right? Like taking on a new course or or attending a class or bringing on a coach. There's things that if you want to level up, you need help to get there. Yeah. And I mean, for growth strategy, it's really about thinking about, okay, where could I make the needle move? And when you're by yourself, when you're first starting, usually you can make the needle move just by bringing your family people on. Like TaylorMade, for example, her boys would help her make the uh, hand sanitizer when she had to pivot from the fingernail polish for COVID-19, right? So really thinking about, okay, I just I have want to, to shout her out really fast. That's Vanessa of TaylorMade Polish. Yes, TaylorMade Polish. So when she's thinking about that, right then she's, okay, I have right now kind of gone back to where I was before and I, I can't rely on my team right now. So what am I going to do? But it has to be something that moves the needle where she can still grow from that too. Otherwise, there's a little bit of no point to it, you know? And so really working with other people, so her family in this case, but she also works with peers, which are people who are local to her. Also, she works with different influencers, she's different magazines, lots of different people. And she works with us actually because we're her coaches. So really thinking about she, her mind is at the growth, even though her hands are doing the physical things right now. Right. So when you're thinking about this and you guys are thinking about what do I do, right? We just want you guys to think like you, you really, you can start alone, but you need in order to grow, you can't do it alone. So what do you need right now? Mm -hmm. What do you need to grow? What do you need to scale? Do you have all the information? So I think what's really cool about people too, is that they figure out what works best for them and their own styles of learning. So let's talk about, so we've talked about hiring. You'll hire what you can afford and you'll hire for what you need and you hire slow and you fire fast, right? Mm -hmm. But then the other level is you as the business owner leveling up. So there's a big, there's big steps to take as business owners, whether it's mindset leveling up, whether it's really learning to step into these roles of business owner, because we are all learning how to be the business owner for each of our own businesses. And what do you need as the business owner to become, to go to that next level? We're not telling you have to jump like, I don't know, a hundred percent. Like you're just leveling up slowly. It's like a staircase, right? Just step by step by step. You'll get to where you need to be when you need to be there when your business requires it. Right. So growth strategies that we've seen our students take into account when it comes to working with other people or not doing it alone is working with other people in a either paid or free way. Right. So um, we see them get coaches. We see them surround themselves with their peers that are at a certain level. And that's because they are pushing themselves to basically grow their businesses, right? So, but they learn in different ways. So a lot of this is really about, okay, I am paying for this, but I'm learning free over here. They're really in that learning mindset of what works well for them. 
Right. And everybody has this different mediums and learning styles. And then the same thing with, for example, you guys right here showing up today and listening to a podcast, right? This is free learning and you guys are learning something today and it's fantastic. Then we have um, students we work with that, you know, actually, um, I think one of our students, she's in multi-shoe machine and survival kit course bundle, but she also has a business coach. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then we have people that are in our masterminds that are also taking other people's courses that are really specific, right? You get to niche in. So maybe they're taking a course really specific on subscription boxes or something on Pinterest or, um, I don't know, a lot of people work on mindset. So, and then they read, right? You Mm -hmm. can read, you can listen. And then I think the other big thing is peers. So, you know this. We always tell you this community we're building of product-based businesses because product people get product people. And that's why we have our free, our free Facebook community. So you guys can ask the questions. That's why we offer masterminds so people can lean in and create a really safe space as they grow their business and share a lot. Um, and that's why we you know, have had our free communities for our different courses because we want you guys to have, you can't do this alone and you shouldn't do this alone. And, and it feels good when you have people that understand where you're at as well. Yeah. And when you're working with peers or coaches or in masterminds, you get a couple things that I think that are really important. That's one is accountability and another one is a safe space, like what you said. And so I think that makes a big difference for growth strategies is that you don't realize you need those for growing, but because self-improvement is so tied into business growth, you do in the sense that you know, mindset has so much to do with it. And then also um, being accountable to your goals that you set for yourself. Oftentimes it's just easier when you have other people alongside you. Yeah. So a couple relationships created where people realize, so there's, you, there's, there's a hiring process. I'm not going to talk about that part, but I am going to talk about a couple of our students. So we'll just bring up Vanessa at TaylorMade Polish again and the Wooly Thistle. So Vanessa makes custom nail polishes and she has done custom nail polishes for the Wooly Thistle and she sells them. And that's a collaboration they met in the mastermind and, and a masterminder peer is now a vendor and a customer of the other, right? Mm -hmm. That's a collaboration that's getting in front of other audiences. We also have, um, Zaka decor with Jennifer. Mm-hmm. She works a tiny and snail, which they do beautiful. It's um, Grace and Leanne. They do really amazing heart-centered um, stationary cards, pet illustrations. And Zatka and Tiny and Snail have done collaborations together. So it's really an incredible thing to see each of our students supporting each other and buying from each other and collaborating and just really forming these partnerships because why? Why do this on your own? You know, yeah. it's fun to me. That sounds friends. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you and I are together. <laughs> right? I mean, we saw big time that how important it was to have bonds with people when COVID-19 hit. Because when it's hard, it is hard. And life as an entrepreneur is hard anyways. So when something like that happens that knocks everybody down, it's really about everybody helping each other pull each other back up. And so we saw that especially that it was really hard for the people that were doing it alone to not have somebody have their back. We had a mastermind that was supposed to end and everyone's like, nope, we're staying together. 
<laughs> we are not going through this on our own. And so we all did. We stayed together and it was good. It was comforting because we knew what normal looked like together. And then we were able to navigate the new normal. And even as things continue to unfold, everybody's a resource to each other. Like a conversation today is talking about um, what to do with COVID-19 requirements and testing in your employees or how are you shipping and what are you using for your shipping? So I think it's it's really beneficial to have that camaraderie. Yeah. And that's- I mean, for real, why do it alone? I mean, just somebody saying, it's going to be okay. You're going <laughs> to be okay, right? It's worth it <laughs> for, make, for putting yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that this was helpful in thinking about these three growth strategies that have worked for our students. And just to kind of go back over them with you, growth strategy number one is narrow your focus. Growth strategy number two is build a customer base of raving fans. And growth strategy number three is don't do it alone. And we hope to continue to support you guys as you grow, because as a reminder, you're not alone. Mina and I are here with you. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Hey, one last thing before you go, we created this podcast as a reminder, you are not alone in this and growing a product-based business is not easy. So we want to help you through all of it. And thank you so much for listening. And we truly, truly appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to those of you that have left us a review. Thank you so much. We read every single one of them, including this one from Christy Lee of Iron and Pearl. She says, perfect for product-based businesses. I love these Product Boss podcasts and courses. They are packed full of actionable tips, plans, and useful information. I love that there is no fluff or time wasting. They dig in and get you thinking like a real entrepreneur, teaching you how to do all the things to grow your business, no matter where you are at. I'm so grateful to have found such a fun pair and mentors to listen to. They truly care about your business. So thank you. We love reading these and these really help us reach more people and help more small businesses, which is ultimately our main mission. So thank you. Hey guys, wait, before you go, we want to remind you that we've created this incredible masterclass. It is totally free. It is our pivot and sell masterclass where we are going to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. You do not want to miss this. It's totally free. So Mina, where should they go? Go to pivotandsell.com and you guys can get that free masterclass and get started on creating a plan to boost your sales right now.